has been another segue into what Mike Lynn and I are like at a party. Um, <laughs> hey, we're here. We're here to read this again. Very nice, light, fluffy book about UNL. This is what Mike Lynn and I are like growing up and whatever. And we're like, hey, do you want to know what it's like when we are like a drink in and we're at a party and we would meet you? This is what we discuss. <laughs> Literally, like anytime I start drinking around people, I'm like, all right, let's talk about the goods. <laughs> Who here would like to talk about the patriarchy with me today? You? <laughs> Alrighty, you made eye contact with me, so we're doing it. but we love crashing in. Oh. <laughs> uh, that'll all make sense soon. Well, y'all have probably read it, so hopefully it already makes sense to you. Uh, but hi, I'm Bethany, and with me, as always, is Michael Ann. Michael Ann, how are you doing on this beautiful afternoon? Are you as hot as I am sitting in my spare bedroom? <laughs> I am not, because we have the AC bumping, but... It is hot out there, folks. I have seen, though, in, like, the northwest and stuff that there's some pretty insane snowstorms. So good for you guys. It was, like, snowing in L.A., which is wild. Like, absolutely wild. And I'm like, how is it snowing in Los Angeles? And it has been, like, 80-some-odd degrees here all week. We are supposed to be getting a little cold front incoming this weekend. And this is also how you know that we're in our 30s because we're like, here's the weather. And I'm just sitting here, like, with my head in my hands, like, oh, my God, the climate disaster is just getting so much worse every day. It's a problem. It's only February. Also, I thought the whatever, what's the word I'm looking for right now? The groundhog, that's what I'm looking for, saw his shadow, which, if you believe in all that, meant six more weeks of winter. And then, like, literally the following week, it was a gazillion degrees. So, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) The... The east coast of the country is just a hot mess right now. And then apparently on the Midwest and the West Coast, it's snowing. So global warming, it's it's happening. It's out there. Mm-hmm. But we're here to read the last little bit of this lullaby. And it just made me really happy and made me really giddy. There might be a rant at some point today about 90s movies, everyone. So I hope you get excited for that and <laughs> just festering about it for days now. And yeah, before we jump in, Michael Ann, can you please hit us with a beautiful recap of what we have read in the first 14 chapters of this lullaby? Absolutely. So, you know, you guys know the deal. You know who Remy is. You know who her mom is. She was dating this guy named Paul after dumping Dexter. And he was, you know, one of those pretty boy, fancy, rich guy dudes. And she ended up breaking up with him in the last chapter we finished. That is true this time. I am getting that right this time. Uh, yeah, you nailed it this time. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> Don 
uh, her stepfather, kind of, and her mom are married. They're doing their thing. We'll see some things about that later on. And there she's about to go to college. She's like two weeks out, I feel like. So we are no way less than that, like a week out from her going to school. So let's see how this summer wraps up. I was feeling some feels reading these last few chapters. Uh, So much about the like, yeah, the fact that it's that summer before college feels like it's going to last forever, but then it actually goes by in like the blink of an eye. And yeah, all the feels, all the feels. Chapter 15, this, it's funny because chapter 14, we finished off with all the girls kind of very rudely going through her dating history. And then chapter 15 starts off with all of her coworkers, like going through all of her like, I don't know, kind of badass moments or like ways mm-hmm. that she saved the day when they kind of mess things up. Because as we've learned, Lola is, we're not sure how she's still in practice, how she's yeah. still doing here, to be honest. But yeah, this starts, it's basically her going away party. It's her last day. They got, um, they're having like a little party, their champagne, there's cake. Lola got her a corsage, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> I know. I thought that was funny too. <laughs> very funny, but also like that is very cute and sweet. It is cute. So yeah, she's got a corsage and they're just, they've officially closed to the day. So they're like going down memory lane of all the things that she did. And it just, it's very cute and just sort of sweet. And then Remy is, you know, kind of in her feelings because she is about to move all the way to California, which is wild. And she sees across the way flash camera is open and she kind of basically is going on about how like that's her one like loose end that she has to in the summer. Like everything else has kind of been like tied into a nice little neat little bow. But the last time she saw Dexter, Dexter was very drunk at the quick stop. And Mm -hmm. yeah. And so they uh, are sorry, the, the quick zip and that sort of, yeah, kind of turned into a whole, a whole thing. So now she's kind of like, oh, should I just like go over there and like talk to him? And then I can officially put an end to like a close sign to the summer and move on to Stanford with like no hangups, basically. Yes. She also talks a little bit about how when she was packing, she was about to pack her this lullaby um, CD. Mm. And then she stops herself. Um, and she says, just because my father had left me a legacy of the expectation that men would let me down didn't mean I had to accept it or carry a reminder of it across the country. So she is tentatively deciding to leave that part of her life and that part of her like ideology behind. Yeah. Which is huge for our Remy, I think. Yes, girl. She's she's getting there. Yes. So, yeah, she's growing she's getting there she does say that she hadn't officially like taped off that box yet so there's a chance she might decide to bring it with her after all but the fact that she's at least contemplating leaving it behind I think is a real growing step for her when she gets into the flash camera Lucas is again the corsage just like the comedy the corsage brings (laughs) because she gets in there and she kind of forgets that she's even like wearing it at this point and so Lucas is there behind the counter and he's like, hey, when's the prom? And she's like, oh, yeah, this, it's a whole thing. So she asks if Dexter's there. Dexter comes out. And, of course, the first thing he asks her is when uh, homecoming is. 
And I love that Lucas says weak. Lucas mumbles, pushing himself back to the machine and late. He's like, I already made that joke and I made it better. (laughs) And he did. (laughs) And he did. He really did. So I respect Lucas for that. I just thought that that was hysterical. So yeah, she goes in and basically is just kind of trying to make some small talk like, oh, how was DC? Not wondering for any reason, you know, or just, you know, it's like, yeah, you are a girl. And so he kind of explains how Ted freaked out because of course he did. And Mm -hmm. they went back in there and tried to get a second chance. So we'll see until then they are going to be working a wedding as their alter ego, the G flats, which foreshadowing. So she's like, oh, okay. So she, you know, he's like, oh, uh, you know, you're leaving soon. Yeah. And so this is basically where she tells him like, Hey, I just wanted to smooth things over. Like the last time we saw each other, you know, it didn't go well. And, you know, the spinnerbait relationship is over. And then of course, Dexter kind of goes into a whole like tirade about that, which is very funny. And he's like, there's like the biggest, you know, suck job ban and they're fans of the worst. And she's like, okay, we get it. Yes, we hate spinnerbait. We get it. Like, yeah, you know, moving on, I came over here to make everything better. And they kind of are like, they're sort of wrapping things up. She's feeling better about the situation. They're getting it. They're getting closure. Everything is great. When then all of a sudden, basically her friends or her work colleagues slash friends are like, hey, Remy, where'd you go? You said you'd be gone for a second. Come back. And she's like, oh, you know, I should get back. And he's like, oh, before you go, we have, you know, one last, uh, our, our last and best shots for our wall of shame. Just look. And so she looks at them. And this is where, when we first started reading this, I want to say maybe our second episode discussing this novel, I was like, there's a bit that I think I remember. And if I'm remembering correctly, I think Patty's going to come back in a big way. And boy, does Patty come back in a big way. <laughs> 100% she does. She sure does. She comes back butt naked. She's not butt naked. She's in like her bra and panties. Yeah. Um, On her, on a, uh, Remy's mother's bed and she knows it's her bed because of the large ugly tapestry depicting biblical scenes with John the Baptist's head being served on a plate first Mm -hmm. of all has Sarah Dessen ever seen tapestries like this is that where she got the (laughs) idea and also like I want to see them because what yeah I and like John the Baptist's head on a platter. He served on a on a platter. And the fact that it's a, like a tapestry and then it's in your bedroom. Like that's behind, like there you go into your room where you're practicing adultery. And that is what is the backdrop for it. Like that's. Can you imagine like John. being like, like mid banging your man and you just like look up and all you can see is like John the Baptist's head on a platter. Yeah. I would like ruin the mood. I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to turn around. We're yeah, going to try something new. <laughs> nothing about that is sexy. And I don't know why you would put that in your bedroom. No. I'm truly at a loss as to I, that. Also, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I texted. I realized that I was yawning a bunch in the last episode and now I'm yawning a bunch now. <laughs> and I'm so sorry. I have not been sleeping very well because of my puppy. And um, on top of that, I'm PMSing. So, you know, right before you get your period, you get super tired. Or at least I do. Maybe there's something That's, wrong. No, same. Same thing. Pretty much just right before the whole time. It's a good just like week of being exhausted. 
And yeah, then I just want carry to like on. in bed. Yeah. So <laughs> my apologies. I did text my fiance to make me coffee, but he has not responded. So dang it, Andrew. I know. Make her some coffee. Make me coffee, man. My but, husband, thankfully, is taking a little nap while watching Star Wars, the the OG, A New Hope, in case anyone is curious. So hopefully that means we shouldn't have any guest star. But it, <laughs> earlier today, he was like, what time are you recording? And I was like, oh, probably around like 3.30. And he was like, all right, I got to make sure I'm nice and sneezy. The fans want to hear it. And I was like, yeah, I don't think they do, actually. So just go really rub thinks, some pollen on your face. Yeah, quick. that his, uh, his sneezing and his, his guest star appearances are really appreciated. So um, please let everyone know they're not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> People, I at least Emmy loves them. Shout out. Uh, I think they're hilarious as well. So, I mean, it has led to a lot of good comedy in this it really uh, podcast. So we will thank my husband for that. That is for sure. And his ridiculously loud sneezing. I also want to mention during this conversation at Flash Camera, Dexter basically calls her out for being in love with him. And she's like, what? I never said I was in love with you. And he's like, mm, yeah, but I think we both know that you were so. And it's like, yeah, obviously. And when he was like, give it five more days. And she was like, what? And he's like, it would be a challenge. Like, he basically yeah. like, five more days and you'd love me. And I'm like, oh, my God. I love him so much. I wouldn't even need five more days, Dexter. I love you right now. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, seriously, same. Honestly, it was very cute and funny. And she's just like, I, what? I never said that. And he's like, mm, okay, but you did, though. <laughs> Again, everyone in the room can see about you, Remy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Back to the patty of it all with this uh, affair and the picture and her seeing it. And so Dexter's like, oh, you know, it's, it's really something like I knew you'd like that one. And then all of a sudden, Remy just loses it. And I think it's just the like, it's she's seeing it. She's seeing this photo and she's like, oh, it's like, you know, lady in her underwear. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And then she's like, oh, shit. I know that lady. Oh, shit. That's my mom's bedroom. Oh my God, Don is cheating on my mom with his secretary. And it's like all hitting her in that moment. And then Dexter just happens to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. Because of course, and we're going to get into this in the next couple chapters, but like how in the world would Dexter have known this? Like there's no way he knows the situation. He's not trying to do anything to hurt her, but she's not thinking rationally right now, obviously. obviously. And which not blaming her because this is like a crazy thing that you would just be like, Oh yeah, my ex-boyfriend, like I'm going over to make amends with him. And he happens to do this thing where he works at a camera store. And so he takes, you know, duplicate prints of like funny photos. He happens to show me them. And one of them happens to reveal a massive secret about my mother's husband. So she's got a lot going on right now. And she just like flips out on him and basically is like, you're an asshole. And of course, Dexter is very confused because he has a photo being flung in his face now. And he's like, what is happening? I thought yeah, he's like, funny. and now you're like freaking out. So basically, yeah, she, you know, goes over there and was like, I came over here to like make amends. And now this is you like getting your last dick at me. Fuck you. And yeah, she tells him to fuck off basically and runs on out of there, which... Remy, if you would have just given it another second to process, you would have realized that there's no way that he knew that this, but yeah. Well, yeah. Sad. Yeah, that was pretty hard. Obviously, you know, she is like so shocked by this image. Um, but yeah, she reacted in a way that she would probably regret looking back on. 
But, yeah. you know, we all react crazy when something, like, I can't imagine. I can't imagine right. that situation. Like, that's a very unfathomable thing to have to deal with, so. Mm-hmm. Jeez. So this pretty much ends her little party that she was having at the salon, which is fine because apparently Amanda had already fallen asleep, so she must also be in her 30s. Um, (laughs) um, So she goes home. And when she gets home, she starts to see all of these insure cans all over the place. And she goes inside and she sees her mom in her study or in her writing room and the same picture is on the counter i believe so remy's like okay my mom already knows i don't have to be the one to tell her i think it's really funny so there's insure cans everywhere like they're all over the house they're all over the yard they're everywhere he must go to costco for these things and (laughs) so remy's mom says i missed him she said finally And Remy's like, yeah, I know you came back from Florida, like really excited to see him. And she's like, no, I missed him. All those insurers and not one made contact. I have terrible aim. (laughs) I thought that was fantastic. Yes. And such a good callback. Like it's one of those things where like, oh, yes, like mother, like daughter, because of course, the first thing they do the night that Lissa gets her heart broken by her ex is they peg him, you know, with their little zip cokes. And I love that, yeah, you, like, it's like these little crumbs everywhere, like these little clues, like she gets home, she's thinking, oh my God, I'm gonna have to be the person who like breaks my mother's heart and tells her this because I can't sit on this. I can't fly to California knowing this in my brain. So she sees all the insure cans and you're kind of like, okay, something is going on. Like it's this little clue being planted. And then, yeah, like that's what it was, is that her mom tried to <laughs> with them. And she, her aim was not good. And I was like, oh, it's so great. And then Remy basically is like, if I would have been there, like I do have good aim and I could have hit him. And I was like, like, that's what she thinks. And it's like, oh, it's so good. I love it. I absolutely love it. And then, yeah, her mom's just like, she's saying she's sitting there almost like in this calm Zen state. Mm-hmm. And they're having this conversation and her mom's just like, you know, what am I supposed to do? Like, where do I go from here? And Remy immediately falls back into like fixer mode. She's like, okay, like I'm good at this. I plan the weddings and I plan the divorces. Like, let's call the lawyer. Let's freeze the bank accounts. Let's, you know, she starts kind of going through the checklist. She says here, my, my ulcer long dormant rumbled in my stomach as if answering this call, which like, Mm -hmm. that just makes me, you know, sad but also it's like this is this is what she knows this is what she's good at but then this is what happens so her mother says i think she said and then stopped a breath and then she said i think it's time i handle this myself oh i said weird but my first thought that i was somewhat offended and it's like yeah that actually does kind of make sense like this is the role that remy has in this family this is what she has done her whole life And while I think it's probably very freeing to be like, oh, God, I don't have to handle this for once. Thank God. I think your first thought would be kind of like, oh, but oh, like you don't need me anymore. Because this is kind of like how her mom shows love. It's not a good, healthy way. But like the fact that she needs Remy as, you know, kind of means something to her. And that was just like, yeah, that actually makes perfect sense to me that her first thought would be that she would be like somewhat offended. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Yep. So her mom just kind of says, 
Remy, it's time you worry about yourself for a change. I can take it from here, which is really nice acknowledgement. You know, a lot of times we see parents who have become like the child and needed the, the parent, the child to parent them, like never really acknowledge that relationship or do anything to remedy it. But here we're seeing like an acknowledgement of that. And then kind of like a, I guess a gift she's giving Remy is being like, live your life and be your own person. And I'm going to take care of me and it's going to be okay. Like everything's going to be fine. And Remy says, my mother was down, but not out. And she might have denied me some of my childhood or the childhood I thought I deserved, but it wasn't too late for her to give something in return and even trade years for years. Those passed for those to come. And I thought that was really nice. Yeah, I agree. Remy's mom is like, it's time for you to, to fly away, little butterfly. Yeah. And I think, yeah, her mom is at least self-aware enough to realize Remy's going off to college. She's not going to be here for me constantly anymore. And it's time that I finally take, like, the reins of my own life and my own hands, which, yes, Babs! Woo, we're so proud finally, of you, Babs. <laughs> Finally, Babs. Finally. Yeah, I highlighted this this ending paragraph here. Remy is just kind of like sitting down, touch, like scooting closer to her mom. So they're touching and she says, knee to knee, arm to arm, forehead to forehead. I leaned into her for once instead of away, appreciating the pull I felt there, something almost magnetic that held us to each other. I knew it would always be there no matter how much of the world I put between us. That strong sense of what we shared, good and bad, that led us to hear where my own story began. Yeah. Oh, gorgeous. And so nice. Like, what a nice moment to have right before you go to college. Just this, like, yeah, you know, under a moment of understanding between mother and daughter and, and understanding, like, okay, I am really starting my new phase of my life now. And it's going to be something. Good or bad, it's going to be something. <laughs> Good or bad, it's going to be something. Obviously, her mom has found out about the Dawn thing, tried to chuck him in the head with the insurers. And now at the start of chapter 16, Chris and Jennifer Ann are en route to, they're supposed to be like a big family dinner because again, Remy's about to leave. This is her last day of work. And so her mom, who's now really gotten into being a suburbanite, has decided that they need to have a family dinner. So Chris and Jennifer Ann are on their way in. And Remy is very intrigued to see how Jennifer Ann is going to take this news since she has been very invested in this relationship when, of course, from the get-go, Remy was kind of like, I don't think this is going to end up working out. So they come in and they seem very happy. And Jennifer Ann, because she is so stoked about what has just happened in her personal life, she comes in, Remy's ready to be the one who has to break the news. And Chris is kind of noticing that the boo portrait is no longer up in the kitchen so he's like oh god because he thinks he's kind of figured out what might be happening so yeah so jennifer ann the coffee has arrived everyone Woo-hoo. so we can dive back into jennifer ann is very excited to share this news chris is kind of realizing that don and his mother might be anymore so jennifer ann and chris are engaged everyone congrats to them but sort of awkward timing because they've mm-hmm. come over to this big family dinner to be excited with their news and of course, they're realizing that Don has uh, cheated on their mother and, well, Chris's mother, Jennifer Hans, soon to be mother in law. <laughs> and her mom kind of like takes it pretty well, though. Like she comes out and she's just like, oh my God, you're engaged. Let me see the ring. Oh, it's just wonderful. 
And of course she is, because like her mom is just a hopeless romantic. And I did like this part here on the top of page 320, where Remy says, my mother was strong in all the ways I was weak. She fell, she hurt, she felt, she lived. And for all the tumble of her experiences, she still, ha she still had hope. Maybe this next time would do the trick, or maybe not. But unless you stepped into the game, you would never know. And I think that's kind of what it boils down to. I think a lot of people who are cynical are kind of seen as the stronger person. I think that Remy has, you know, put on this kind of mask to protect herself of like, I don't believe in love or whatever. When I think that really her mom, for all her faults, because Babs does have some, do not get me wrong. I think the one way in which she is very strong is that she is that eternal optimist and she does still believe in love for all that love has hurt her. And yeah, I think that's really important. Like, unless you step into the game, you don't know. And so, yeah, yeah Remy, you just step step right into that game, girl. <laughs> 100%. Like, yeah, it's definitely braver to walk into situations out of love than it is out of hate or or being scared or whatever. Because, yes, you might get hurt from love, but also what are we living for if it's not for love? Yeah, exactly. Damn straight. I had that highlighted as well. I think it's such a good. It's like I one of my favorite like paragraphs. I would say probably in the whole book. Like if that just doesn't yeah. sum it up, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I just think, and we've discussed this like ad nauseum on this podcast. So everyone forgive me for going into this yet again. But yeah, like when you're soft or you like cuddly things or you know, or you're very typically girly, you're seen as. Yeah, not as cool, not as strong and whatever. And I think her mom is kind of that. Yeah, like she writes romance novels and she's, you know, like I said, the eternal mm -hmm. optimist and whatever. And that's not ever seen with as much respect. And I think honestly, that should so be respected. Words are really hard. That's it. That's my, what was the interpreted? That was my one from the <laughs> other day. That was just my interpreted of this week's episode. But yeah, I think... Yeah, I don't know. Just like letting yourself be open to to softness and whatever should not be seen as a weakness, basically. That's yeah. my soapbox. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. That has something that that is something that I've had to work on for like a while because I was that Remy grumpy, like cynical, angry chick that like walked around and was like, ah. and I've been trying really hard to not live my life like that anymore. And I will say it's better this way. It Preach. definitely is. So, that oh, I sense. don't think we mentioned that um, in the beginning of this chapter, they explained that Don and his secretary have been in love for oh, yeah. years. Yeah. And it's a very like Camilla and Charles kind of thing. Mm. <laughs> like Patty was married and Don loved Patty and he had been single for years, which had been alluded to at the beginning of this novel when basically he gives her an ultimatum and is like hey if you're not going to leave your husband we're not going to screw around anymore i'm going to move on so he does to remy's mom who of course ends up just getting screwed in this situation so yeah. of course patty is still really in love with don which is why she's like weeping at the wedding and then they start hooking up again and patty has now left her husband because now of course like she's jealous of what don has that he has you know he said i'm going to move on and he did and so, yeah, so now they're probably going to go off and be together. And Patty's going to get to be called the queen of the next Toyota fair. And it's a bunch of bullshit. And it was the press's fault that Diana died. Okay, thank you. <laughs> it was. It was 100% was. Yeah. Uh, and Remy's mom was just like a, a, a 
pawn in their overall game yeah, it feels like which is pretty sad fair to her. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cruel but like to go through an entire marriage when your goal really is just to like make someone you actually love like realize that they can't be without you is so fucked up like yes. go on a date <laughs> like, yeah you don't have to get married you don't, um you gotta propose to someone jesus christ or like go to therapy also yeah, and then the second thing i want to say is i have not finished prince harry's memoir because same and i really like want to i just like haven't i haven't it's it's so dense and it's so depressing and it's like oh my god and so then i was like okay i'm gonna get the audiobook because then i can do like a little half and half and i'll get through it quicker but the audiobook is worse because you can hear him yeah feeling all these things and being like you know he was he's a royal so he has like very straightforward way of saying things that's just kind of like monotoned almost i feel like and i am like i'm like this is torture like this poor guy i hate to say that i can't read a story about his life because it's torture i can't imagine what he went through but oh my god like every single turn i'm like this is getting worse and worse and worse and i haven't even gotten to the Meghan markle stuff yet yeah, I mean, you get some, like, levity every once in a while. Because they're very, like, short chapters, you know? Mm-hmm. So you'll get, like, you know, three pages of levity. We're like, haha, that's a funny little thing that happened. And then the next three pages is just like, oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're back to so, yeah, it's very hard either listening or reading. And, again, like, I'm so happy that he, like, took, I mean, took the time and, and felt comfortable enough to do this. And he has said it was quite a cathartic experience for him and and I'm very happy about that but and also like the level of detail he goes into things I really appreciate but yeah some of the like military stuff just like when I was driving like listening to that because he does have such a like monotone like posh voice and then he's like getting into very technical things about um yeah so when he's going to that like not to be mean but like some of that's kind of boring because it's very like technical (laughs) so you're just like it's a bit of a slog but yeah, it's just, it's very intense. And then just the other military stuff is depressing. And it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. It's all, it's very, just, yeah, it's a lot. So, yeah, so they end up having a little basically barbecue outside on paper plates. Her mom with all her kind of fancy stuff. Jennifer Ann with her, you know, more traditional jello mold with whipped cream. And the whole dinner kind of turns into, which I do think is a little selfish that they decided to announce this uh, at Remy's going away dinner. Like, cause then the entire dinner just kind of dissolves into like engagement talk and wedding planning talk. And this was technically supposed to be for Remy. And now this dinner is not at all about Remy because her mom is getting a divorce and Jennifer Ann and Chris are getting married, but fine, I guess. I mean, Remy doesn't seem upset about it, so I will not harp on it too much, but yeah, it's all just about, you know, wedding planning and whatnot. And then after dinner and dessert they pack up and Remy makes her escape to the quick sip where she actually finally kind of gets to have the evening portion sort of be about her where she ends up running into Lissa who she scares half to death while Lissa is very intently uh very intensely sort of looking for their Jesus they're intensely looking at which sweet she wants either Skittles or Spree's so she scares her and then they go get their respective zip drinks and they go out on the hood of Lissa's car to discuss 
kind of everything that has happened today, which has been a lot. There's been a proposal. There's the, you know, adulterer divorce scandal, all of that. Lissa gets to drop some news of her own, which is while well, she was out kabooming, it's still very funny. <laughs> she finally got the nerve to ask out PJ, who she's been crushing on, as we know. So they're going on a date literally this evening. So yay, Lissa, I'm, I'm very proud of you for that, I will say. So they're talking about that. When, of course, who shows up but Jess and Chloe, and Jess is like, what the hell? Didn't know we were hanging out tonight, ladies. And they're like, what did the two of you do it together, Jess and Chloe? And Chloe's like, well, my tire popped. And I'll have you know, the only reason Jess is here is because neither of you were answering your phone. And I promised her, uh, you know, free zip drink, which Jess says for life. Chloe said, mm, was for today. For life. Jess run away from these girls <laughs> or at least run away from Seriously. chloe you do not need chloe in your life she brings way too much negativity Gosh. and she's mean to you no no seriously i have a couple pages from now when of course chloe has to make a comment around dexter and i was like jesus christ chloe for the love of god for the love yeah of everyone kind of gets filled in the whole girl gang is together getting their drinks getting filled in on the dish that happened with remy today and this is where basically they all kind of agree on the fact, even Chloe agree on the fact that there is no way that Dexter knew that this picture would upset Remy, that he knew that that was Patty, all that kind of stuff. And she kind of has her light bulb moment where she's like, oh shit, actually y'all are right. <laughs> I think I literally yelled at this guy for no reason. And now I feel really bad. And yeah, this is where Chloe says on page 328, I'm all for being picked pissed at Dexter, Chloe said, tapping her nails on the hood of the car, but it should be for a good reason. Face it, Remy Star, you're in the wrong here, which takes a lot for Chloe to whatever. But the fact that that sentence had to start be like prefaced with I'm off you being pissed at Dexter. I literally wrote a note that it was like, of course you are. God damn, Chloe. Why are you the worst? Or maybe it's worst. like Chloe is actually the closeted lesbian, but she doesn't realize it. And she's like in love with Remy love and with Remy. she's like threatening, you know, like well, you might not know this, but there's like so many stories about like girls who are younger who are, were like really jealous and possessive of their friends, and then they grow up and they're like, "Oh, oh I'm gay. I was so in love funny. with her." Right, 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 right. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, maybe Remy is actually just friends with like a gaggle of lesbians, and she has no idea. Yeah, like, it's very possible. What is happening here? I'd say maybe Lissa is the only one who I think would not fit that bill. But no, I, there's a 100% a great case for Jess, as we have already made. And there could be a great case for Chloe, actually. So, yeah, maybe they both just need to figure their itch out. And Chloe would be a lot more likable once she realizes, like, oh, actually, I'm just really into women. And I was just really jealous and wanted to be with Remy. And that's why I was such a bitch all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would love to see, like, I would love to see just, like, a short story where we, like, check back in with all these girls like 10 years later like where are they what are they doing yes yeah that is very true and i'd like to to think that at least jess has you know as we've mentioned moved in with a nice lady they have some cats life is good but yeah i really want to know what's going on with chloe in 10 years also on a completely unrelated note and 
forgive me, everyone. I there's a couple of Serenissa novels that I like own, and I probably have not actually read yet because it's one of those things that it came out. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna buy that, and then I like didn't read it because being an adult is hard sometimes, and you really want to read something, and you think you have the time to read it, and then you don't. But yeah, of her like 15 novels, I know there is a character where there is a gay or there is a novel there is a gay character, but I don't think there's been any novels where the main couple is like a queer couple and I mean I understand that Sarah is not herself and maybe she's like that is not my stories to be telling but also you write really great love stories and I think that's a universal thing and you could do that with anyone so get on that Sarah (laughs) yeah I've been reading some like ridiculously good um queer romance not not like super sexy Fabio romance novels but like contemporary (laughs) romance novels right right um and they're like I, I've been thinking, like, oh, my gosh, it would be so cool to see a Sarah Dustin take on, like, a gay relationship. Yeah. But then, like, also at the same time, it is, like, well, she's not gay, so. I was, like, is that where? I mean, I guess maybe, you know, like, we have stories like this where the friends, I think she does a very good job of writing fully fleshed out side characters in a lot of her yes. novels. So yeah. maybe not the main love story, but could there be, like, one of her friends and it's a secondary story or something like that, maybe? would be really cool yeah I I know it's a very like fine line and also there's been a lot of pushback lately in creating stuff in the the queer community and not assuming things because so many people have been like outed because of it and and whatnot people are like okay could we like stop pressuring that that whole thing with the heart stopper thing and that poor teenager and he basically was like for fuck's sake I actually am in the queer community could everyone please stop asking me about it and everyone was like, maybe we shouldn't just assume that straight is the default for people. <laughs> but um, but yes, I know that's been a whole debate lately out there on the interwebs and in life. But yeah, maybe like a nice little side thing. And for all you know, this has happened in lots of the novels and I just haven't read them. And again, I'm sorry, but just do it. And I will be reading them as we carry on. But yeah, I don't know. I think it, it can't hurt to to have someone who has such a name already in the young adult world and has such a following, like write something with that, which I mean, I that did kind of happen with John Green and mm. Will Grayson, Will Grayson, when he co-wrote that one with someone who is in the queer community, which I thought was important. It was like, you had the name recognition of John Green, but John Green was also smart enough to be like, hey, like that's not something I'm an expert in. So I'm gonna write with someone else who does have firsthand experience on that. So. Yeah, something like that is, is cool, too. But, yeah. Anyway. John Green. Oh, my goodness. I was, like, obsessed with looking for Alaska when I was in middle school. That's John Green, right? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, that one. And then, obviously, The Fault in Our Stars was, like, everybody's shit there for a little yeah. while. I saw this yeah. TikTok about this woman <gasps> the Fall in Our Stars lady? Yes. <laughs> Is that not the craziest thing you've ever heard? That was crazy. So for those who don't know, this woman was dating another woman who was like, I have terminal bone cancer. And it was like this big, terrible thing. And I did they get married? I don't know if they, they might have gotten married. They have been married. And it was like their whole relationship is like surrounded by like this woman is going to die of bone cancer. And then. So then the the woman telling the story started reading The Fault in Our Stars and she was like my fiance's story is the exact same of this yeah. kid's story in this book and then it turned out that she had been lying the entire time and yeah. she was actually fine. 
all of her details and thoughts. And it's like, how do you think that you're, again, I, I can't remember if they're married or whatever, I think at least engaged or something. Like, how do you think, considering how big of a deal Fallen Our Stars was, like when it came out, that your fiance, wife, whatever she was, would like, would never find that out. Like, how do you, you know right. what I mean? Like, I can't imagine being that person and like lying about that and like stealing so many intricate details. Then I watched like that TikTok blew up, right? And then I watched John Green reacting to that TikTok. Oh my God. So very entertaining because he starts watching and like it's, it starts very sad. It's like, you know, my wife had whatever. And, and so he's like, oh wow, I'm really sorry. And then it like gets the twist and he's just like, oh my God. <laughs> Oh my God. He's like, wow. And then he's like, well, I'm glad uh, you found out that she was lying to you. Like, he's like, how do you respond to that? Oh my God. Yeah, it was crazy. I Absolutely. can't imagine. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> we're at the quick sip. And she's had her light bulb moment about Dexter. And hopefully, Chloe will have her light bulb moment about what is her issue with Remy at some point. But, alas. They, she decides, uh, so she's kind of talking like, oh, what should I do or whatever? And of course, Chloe is like, you should just leave it. Oh, Mike's awake, everyone. Hello. Yep, can I help you? Okay, love you. Uh, so Chloe, of course, is like, oh, you should just leave it. Lissa, the kind of more hopeless romantic of the bunch is like, oh, like you should go after him. Just as like, I have no idea. I'm a lesbian and I'm not aware of that yet. So like, leave me out of this. Choice is all you. <laughs> and so she kind of decides that she might uh, go after him. She knows where he is at tonight. And I think that's kind of the, the plan that's formulating. But before that happens, Don shows up at the quick sip. And this is where we get a nice moment where basically all four girls get their shot. Like Remy said earlier, she has much better aim. So all four girls have their drinks. They've just refilled them as a matter of fact, and they all get their shot at Don, or well, I guess kind of where Don's car, but it's actually Chloe's that goes in, or no, Lissa's Lissa. that gets the best shot. Yes, it's Lissa. He has his window like halfway open and he obviously did not realize that this was going to happen. And so Lissa's literally like kind of ricochets in at him and literally gets him in the face, which is chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you can't do anything crazy when someone cheats or you right. know, breaks your heart or something. It's not like you can, you know, or you should do anything that's like detrimental, but throwing a, like a full soda at them is a hilarious B yeah. harmless and C makes you just feel a little bit better. Yes. And I like how they got it inside this like brand new Land Rover he's driving. So yeah. he's going to have to clean all that shit out. So that's pretty happy. great. You deserved it, Don. You deserved it. So then she basically is like, all right, guys, I'm off to apologize to Dexter and that's when we go to chapter 17. It's the moment we've all been waiting for. We're here, people. We're here. We're, here. We're doing it. She goes to chase after Dexter. They are, as their alter ego, the G-flats, playing a wedding. When she gets there, she sees them. They're all on stage. They're all on stage playing this very, like, schmaltzy song from the latest blockbuster. 
congrats to the Doyles, by the way, I'm sure y'all are lovely. But um, <laughs> she was saying even Dexter, who usually is like the biggest sport when it comes to playing these weddings, looks like he's not having a good time playing this one song. And they finish up their like little set. They're about to cut the cake. So the band kind of goes off outside for a minute. And she's like, all right, this is my shot. If I'm going to go talk to him and make things right, like this is the time to do it. Of course, though, everyone kind of starts moving in the reception because someone makes an announcement that they're about to cut the cake. Are people really that excited for cake cutting? I wouldn't, I've never in my life been that exciting. But everyone in this wedding sounds like they are really hyped about it. Um, this is also very triggering to Michael Ann right now. Yes. She's a little bit of a, yes, a moment is. with wedding cakes this week. So everyone, please keep her in your thoughts. <laughs> I just need to tell everybody. I finally I emailed... Out. I finally emailed the baker that they have on their preferred vendors list at my venue. They only have one bake. They only have one baker on there. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to use this baker. Like I'm not the kind of gal who's like looking for deals. I'm strictly like get this over with. So I email her and I'm like, Hey, I just want like a simple, like two or three tiered cake with pressed flowers, you know, white cake, pressed flowers. That's it. Standard. She's like, okay, great. Um, So my tiered cake serves 75 people it's $10 a serving and you're going to want one and a half servings per, per person. So first of all, this is a $740 cake that won't even feed my entire wedding guests, all of the wedding guests. Okay. Cause it's only 75 servings. Mm -hmm. Second of all, $740. Third of all, an extra $100 for the cake to be delivered to the venue. So you're talking $840 before you even get like the secondary cake to, to feed the rest of the people, you are out of your goddamn mind. If you think I am paying 840 fucking dollars for a cake, are you high? No. I also anyway. am amazed by the fact that you're like, they, that's your venue only had them like this one bakery down as their preferred vendor. And it's like, so are we to assume that a lot of other people, cause again, like you, I did the same thing. Like when I got my venue, they put down different things and it's like, okay, yeah, like I should contact these people. Then like, that's who they're used to working with. And there were certain rules like caterer, you could only pick from three people, which thank God I looked out on what the caterer, like I honestly got a really good deal and he was amazing and super nice and helpful. But like, are we to assume that a lot of other people are using this baker then? Like, that's crazy to me that all these people getting married there are just like, yeah, sure. That's a also a hundred dollars to deliver it is insane. Like it's insane. Like, I don't know. This whole and, thing is just asinine to me. And it's like a 10 minute drive. Like you're telling me you're charging me a hundred dollars for a 10 minute drive. This cake costs more than my hair and makeup is going to cost that day. What? That's crazy. I was just like, That's okay, crazy. so now I don't know what I'm going to do now, but I have a couple options, including like a Costco cake, because those are like 60 bucks, and then you can just buy sheet cakes, and then you're spending like 150 True. bucks, and it's nothing. Or I'm going to do like a bunch of desserts, like a bunch of cookies or something, because like, first of all, who watches you cut the cake? No one. I can't no. really remember watching anybody cut a cake, including my own yeah. siblings, but I do remember your wedding's cupcakes because they were very good. Um, Those were fire, I will say. And they were fun. They were like galaxy. So uh, yeah. Bethany's wedding was Star Wars galaxy themed. It was very cool, everyone. The cupcakes were, the lady who did it did really, she did my 
bridal shower, she made a uh, Princess Leia, like Princess Leia's iconic oh, yeah. white dress pull-apart cupcake. Um, and then she did my wedding as well. And so she gave, she was like super helpful and nice. We had, I think, three different flavor of cupcakes. So it's up in like a little cupcake tier. And then there was like red velvet ones. I think it was like cookies and cream. And then and there was like a pineapple coconut one. So I thought it was fun that she like gave me like, you know, I'm all about options. Not everyone likes the same flavor of stuff. So I really wanted the coconut pineapple one, but I knew I'd be in the minority. So I was like, I really want those, but I know not everyone would want them. So I was happy that she gave me like a few different flavor options. Um, yeah, I did cupcakes at my wedding. My eldest sister, Megan, did cupcakes at her wedding. I just think it's like kind of easier. And again, you can get more flavor options. Yeah, the cutting of the cake has never been, maybe like back in the day, like I think in the 80s and 90s, the thing was like you smash it into each other's face or whatever. But like every couple like is like, ooh, no to that now, myself included. So now it's not really an exciting thing. So I don't really get it, but I do yeah. like desserts. <laughs> I, I don't get it. And I'm also like, I don't want to take time away from like the dance party. I know. Yeah. Here we are at this wedding where these people are crazy who are actually into the cake cutting. And <laughs> so Remy's kind of having this moment. She's like, oh crap, like have I lost my opportunity now? Because now the band is kind of coming back in to, you know, like do the drum roll for the cake cutting and whatever. So she can't get through the crowd. The band's kind of coming back in and she's like, oh, you know, her mom had kind of had this whole conversation with her about timing. And she's like, oh, is, is that like, is this a sign? Like, is this bad timing? Is this a sign that I, I shouldn't do this? And then she thinks back to the night at the quick sip where he had told her, you know, when he was kind of drunk and angry about how he meant everything for that first day. And so she's saying, you know, at the time she couldn't really she didn't really remember it, but now she's thinking about him and he saying that, you know, I just thought to myself all of a sudden that we had something in common, he'd said, a natural chemistry, if you will. And then he'd said, and I just had a feeling that something big was going to happen to both of us that we were in fact meant to be together. You didn't feel it. And so she says, not then, or maybe deep in some hidden misplaced spot I had. And when I couldn't find it later, it came looking for me. So she's kind of thinking like okay like you know it's it's now or never and so then she realizes that he's kind of sitting outside to himself on a, a curb he hasn't come in back in yet like the rest of the band and so this is when she decides to kind of crash into him like he had to her uh she says and then i was walking toward dexter finding my fingers tight into my hands i could hear the cheers as the bridal couple cut their cake again what <laughs> i don't understand but okay cheers so I took the last <laughs> few steps of this long journey fast almost running before plunking myself down and knocking into dexter just enough to tip his balance for a second because i knew now this was how it had to begin the only way was to crash in and so she does and then she says hey and he says hey and yeah they, she basically asks him, did you really believe the first day that we were meant to be together? I asked him. He looked at me and then he said, you're here, aren't you? Oh. <laughs> and then I turned into like a little giddy 13 year old. And I'm like, oh my God, so cute. And so, yeah, I just kind of like had a little moment I'm sitting there on the curb and she pulls him closer. And uh, she says, uh, I pulled him closer around his neck to find that one place where I could feel his heartbeat pulsing. It was fast like my own, and finding it, I pressed down hard as if it was all that connected us and kept my fingers there. And mm. we then enter November. Da, 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 da. Da, da, da. Oh, so cute. Here we are, the very end. 
And this is where, as I mentioned last episode, one of my all-time favorite lines from any Sarah Dessen novel is at. So, Oh, I'm excited. It's a special place in my heart. So chapter 18 starts with a snippet from Remy's mom's book. Basically, we are seeing that Remy's mom's main character has said, fuck both of these guys. I'm going to choose an adventure for myself. I'm going to move forward alone, which is a totally different you know, vibe for his, her mother's books typically. So like, she's like, I wonder how this is like how, what people are going to think about this. Is Mike back in there? Yes. And he's getting his dog all riled up and now she's growling, which everyone is going to hear while we're trying to talk about this great iconic moment in one of Babs new books. Anyways. So yes. So this is. <laughs> yep. <it's- laughs> And a very different ending than most of her usual romance novels. Mm -hmm. So we get some information about like Remy's kind of college life that's going on. She has her roommate, Angela. Angela is like, you know, not really messy, but she's I mean. Angela is messy and she's like, you know, a little different, but Remy's starting to like learn how to go with the flow. And Angela gives her her uh, some packages, and in one of the packages is um, a bunch of photos. And it's like the, vo- the you know there's something a little bit off with all of them, and it's because these are the photos from the morphed cameras. Yeah. Morphed. Yeah, that that sounds right. That sounds like a word. <laughs> yeah, that's that that's a word. Morphed. <laughs> That's not what I'm trying to say, though. Warped. 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 That's what you're trying to say. You're trying yes. to say warped. Morphed is a bad too, I think. So the warped camera. And then also there, the other thing in the envelope is a CD. And the label on it said Rubber oh Records. God. So they got that oh record deal, baby. I'm excited. I'm excited for them. I know this is how it ends. And yet I still get excited for them. <laughs> I'm so excited for them. I'm like, hell yeah, the potato song. So number one is the potato song, part one. And so uh, What's-His-Face got his potato song on there. And then the second song we find out is a beautiful cover of this lullaby. And she starts listening to it. And she says, Some things don't last forever, but some things do. Like a good song or a good book or a good memory you can take out and unfold in your darkest times, pressing down the corners and peering in close, hoping you still recognize the person you see there. Dexter was a whole country away from me now, but I had a good feeling he would get to me one way or another. And if not, I'd already proved I could beat him halfway. So good. Oh my God. So good. She's grown so much, our little Remy. And I also really like how, yes, she's in college and yes, she yeah. has a boyfriend, but yeah. they're both still very much living their own lives. Like he is like boring yeah. and she's, yeah. you know, vibing. And it's like they just have this very healthy relationship where they're like, we'll, we'll see each other. We'll make that a priority. And like, but we're going to keep living our lives. I 100%. also have a question. Oh, and yes. I should have looked this up before I started, but it says here, Wherever you may go, even if I let you down. Was it always even if I let you down? Or was it, wasn't it like, I will let I you down? I think that the lyric has been changed, yes. I gotta find out. I believe so. From, if we go back to chapter, so at the end of like chapter one or chapter two, right? The first time we see the lyrics. 
I am. Oh, yeah. Yep. Wherever you may go, I will let you down. Yeah. So he he has changed it, or they have changed it. But like, let's face it, Dexter changed it. I know. I love it. A little, a little, a little rewrite. I also love at the back of the picture, which he said smeared, of course. Which like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also, like lefty problems. Yeah. Um, he's yeah, kind of going through the what the tour is, and it says DC, Baltimore, Philadelphia, Austin, and you. I'll be there soon, which is just like really sweet. But again, kind of going back to that point you were saying of like, she's off doing her thing, he's off doing his thing, but they're still together, and that's awesome. And I'm just really proud of both of them. They're thriving, and I'm really proud of them. Me too. My one of my all-time favorite Sarah Dawson lines. I'm just like such a sucker for it for some reason. I once told a mutual friend of ours this line because I was explaining this book, which and now that I've reread it, I remember better and I feel like I should re-explain to her. But I was explaining it and I told her this line and I like got a little emotion when I said it. <laughs> I was just explaining a book to a friend. So I don't know. I don't know why this line means that much to me, but I just love it. Um, so yeah, she says, but for now, I just sat there on the bed and listened to my song. The one that had been written for me by a man who knew me not at all now sung by the one who knew me best. It's like one of my favorite lines. I just think that's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And I just love that connection. Like, I love that this song was a big hit for her dad. And it was written by a man who literally knew her not at all. Like, knew nothing about her. He wrote her the song. And I think that's one of the things that always kind of irked her about it. Is like, mm-hmm. you get to sing this song and it's about me. But you didn't even know me. And you didn't even ever take the chance to get to know me. And the fact that it could potentially make another you know important man in her life famous and he knows her best like that like oh that's so good (laughs) Mm -hmm. and he changed the lyric so it's not like i'm going to let you down like her dad's song was like a total cop out it was like i'm gonna let you down i'm not even gonna be around but like i wrote the song about you and you're like you're cool i think about you you're a baby out there in the world and (laughs) now dexter's like totally redone it and he's like this song like is for you i know you i love you i'm gonna try my best not to let you down um and like as she says like some things don't last forever so you never know but yeah it's it's such a beautiful um such a beautiful arc it's so good so yeah and uh, here our last sentence is so i lie back closing my eyes and let them fill my mind new and familiar all at once rising and falling with my every breath steady as they sing me to sleep Oh, oh, so good. I love so it. Good. I love oh, good. So much. And we can trade the truth about forever next. And I'm just going to be like an absolute spazzing girl over that one. So everyone get excited for me to have my little spaz out. I can't. Yeah, that's that was such a good reread for me because, again, it's so crazy how much I remember in such vivid detail. Like, pegging people in the head with the zip cokes and that line and other little bits and bobs and then other things I just completely had no memory or recollection of. So I'm really happy that we got to reread that one and, and revisit it and much like a cover, you know, got to see it from a whole different perspective. We re- we rearranged it, got to see it from a different perspective and really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I loved seeing this like, Character development, I love... This was a very different book for Sarah, too, because as we said, like, first of all, this book has a love story that continues and is kind of, like, one of the primary focuses, whereas, you know, like, in that summer, her relationship with Macon was, like, 
secondary, I feel like. Plus, it didn't last. Or was that someone like you? That was someone like you. Uh, (laughs) That summer, like, he shouldn't even necessarily have a crush on him. He was just, like, around. Um, Obviously, Dreamland was, like, its own thing. Dreamland is kind of, like, it's, like, hard to compare Dreamland with any other Sarah Dessen book. Because it's so on another level. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, this book was really interesting because it was, like, it was, like, truly a love story between a couple. Whereas a lot of the other ones have been, like, love stories between friends. Or love stories between, like you know mother daughter or something like that this one was like no this is about dexter although we did have you know the secondary story about mom and girlfriends did exist but they weren't they weren't the best right (laughs) yeah they weren't top tier but they were around i guess but as you said and i think like it's interesting we kind of touched on this a little bit before but now that we've finished it i guess i kind of want to revisit the fact that we were saying like you know, a lot of the girls are very unsure of themselves. And this one is so different where Remy starts the novel knowing exactly who she is, exactly what she wants. And yet she still grows. And I think mm-hmm. that's such a, an interesting seeing a character who's like, no, I'm very sure of myself and I'm very sure of what I want. And I, I think I've got everything figured out, realizing like she still had a lot to learn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which was so great. And then also, like, with the friendships being not that great, it's, like, that's just another reflection of her not being able to let people in, like we said previously. Yeah. And now we get to see, like, maybe this Angela roommate is going to become a really good friend because now she's actually open to loving and accepting people as they are and letting people love and accept her as she is. So, yeah, it'd be fun to see this, like, 10 years from now, like, what they're doing. I know. I really want to know. I want to know what's going on with her like little group of girlfriends, but I also really want to know, and we do get like a few bits and bobs into, we do get to revisit Remy and Dexter in future novels. I do not quote me on which ones. I know that they will come around and if you, I think you just listen, they make a little like cameo appearance, but I would really like, yeah, like I don't need like maybe a full fledged sequel, but I would like just like a little novella, a little short story just to let me know like what she's doing. Did she make really good lifelong friends in college? Did Dexter make it super big? Did, you know, all those kind of things where they, they living happily, but she will be really great at planning her and Dexter's wedding. If they do ever decide to go down that route and get married because she was planned many wedding for her mother. So these are the little things that I would just, you know, really like to know. Does Dexter like write her a sweet song to like have for their first dance at the wedding? Like these are the things I need to know. <laughs> oh my God. Could you imagine? So cute. I love it. Great. I love it. Need to know. These are these are the things. Well, yeah, that, was, that was the fall, everyone. We did it. Oh, I did promise everyone a '90s movie rant, so I guess I should do that for. I was like ready to be like, "Hey, join the Patreon, follow us on Instagram, whatever." And then I remembered I had a '90s movie rant. So this is something. I'm just like kind of like speaking of Remy having a light bulb moment. This is something we've discussed like a lot before. So again, I'm sorry for being the dead horse of how we say that like if something is marketed towards then, like it's cool. And then if like something is marketed to our teenage girls, it's not cool. Mm-hmm. But I really just like had this moment where I was like, no, but seriously, y'all, like it's crazy how you can take something. And if you were just to like change the gender of the main character, like I don't think it would be as well perceived. <laughs> so yes. anyhow, my husband is as we mentioned before a little bit older than me we have a little bit of an age gap and one of the, the biggest things i always like to do is be like oh like you're a guy who grew up in the 90s because like 
the music he listens to in the movie he likes his fashion if you like met this man you'd be like ah yes you had your coming of age in the 90s didn't yes. you it's very mm -hmm. obvious so anyhow for some odd reason uh i have never watched the movie clerks before just it's, i've never watched it i don't know why it's just one of those things that's escaped me and it's one of my husband's favorite films he's a very very big kevin smith fan i have watched pretty much all kevin smith movies now except for yoga hosers because he doesn't like that one so i doubt i will ever watch that one but uh but i've watched pretty much every kevin smith movie now when we first started dating he was all like you haven't seen dogma and mall rats and all these movies and i was like no and I don't know why he never asked me Clerks. I guess he just assumed I had seen it. And we watched Clerks too. And like I had seen that one, but I've never actually seen the original Clerks. So for some reason, it kind of became this running joke that when we got the entertainment center set up in our new place, that we were going to watch it. So we we're like talking to a couple of our friends and we were, we were like, yeah, yeah, you have to watch it, whatever. So we watched it the other night, which first of all, I for anyone out there who has seen Clerks, knows Clerks, knows mm -hmm. anything about Kevin Smith, um, you're going to be like, wow, you were today years old when you learned this. I learned what the 37 is about for the first time in my life. And I was like, that is what that is about and was very annoyed about that. And then also can now say I've watched all three clerks this week. I watched, I rewatched the second one because I didn't remember it very well. And I watched the third one. So I've, I've now watched them all, right? So we're watching clerks and halfway through it, I was like, can you tell me why you like this movie? Like, what is it about this movie? I was going <laughs> to say. And mm. so then I just like started like asking other guys, like, why do you like this movie? And like half of the answer is always like, well, it's just like, it's crazy that like, the production value did. And I'm like, so I didn't know that all of you were like Hollywood producers mm -hmm. and were really concerned about the production value of movies and how you can make yep. it on the cheap. But like, for some reason, that's always the answer is like, well, you just like, you couldn't replicate that. You couldn't make it today. You couldn't do like, it's just crazy how it started the thing. And I was like, it's it's about nothing like it is not it's about and, nothing and again, no offense to the actors who now that i've seen it two and three i think really have improved their craft but in the first movie no one is a trained actor and it shows <laughs> and it's just like people being fed dialogue and like they're just talking at each other but they're talking about things and their guys or whatever and the main character is so unlikable like ridiculously unlikable and he's just hung up on this ex-girlfriend that he doesn't really have a chance with or whatever and so uh, halfway through the movie i just started getting really mad and i was like if this movie starred a girl this movie would be panned this movie would be hated if it was just a girl being this hung up on her ex-boyfriend and i know this for a fact because when new moon came out literally every guy and again there are some actual legitimate criticisms for the twilight franchise as we've discussed but every guy in america was like she's just whiny about her ex and i go but every movie in the 90s that is heralded as these big movies that started these big careers for these men are just about a whiny ass guy being obsessed with his ex-girlfriend see swingers see clerks even Empire Records, to a certain extent, is basically the yes. guy who's obsessed with a girl. And these are all cult classics that men love. So when it is a guy, it's cool. But when it's a girl, it's not. And for some reason, it's like really hit because right now we're reading this lullaby. And because you're like, what does this brand have to do with anything? A, because we talk about this a lot. But B, because like this book, it's like a group of friends. They sit outside a quick sip, quick stop, quick sip, whatever. And it's a girl and she has, you know, it's, it's about a relationship and whatever. And I was like, and this, which again, like Sarah Dustin, as you mentioned earlier, is very heralded and whatever. But yeah, like when it's a YA adult book about a girl, like, cause I was like, I'm amazed this book has not been made into a movie yet. And then I watched Clerks the other night and I was like, literally, how has this book not been made into a movie? <laughs> this would actually be good. And Clerks, and anyway, but yeah. So anyways, 
I just don't understand it. And I've now just asked every guy I know that likes clerks in the last week why they like it. And no one can actually give me a good answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not a good yeah. movie. So I, <laughs> so yesterday was my last day at my job. And so now I can speak for freely even though I was already kind of speaking freely but um pretty much every single person I worked with was a man every single person I worked with was a man of a certain age and like all they talk about is movies from the 80s and 90s starring men that's all they talk about they do not we did a bracket of teen movies which teen movie is the best and obviously my bracket the winner was Mean Girls because Mean Girls is like the epitome of like teen movie like it has everything and everybody else's was back to the future which back to the future is not like a teen movie like it's a move there's a there's teenagers in it but it's not like i don't like think of that as being like a high school like right it's like like yes it is about a teenager i guess right but it's not it's not like a teen movie and that's what i was trying to say to everybody i was like so frustrated by this freaking bracket because all these men were like back to the future is the only right answer and it's like actually back to the future is the only wrong answer because back (laughs) to the future is not some teen coming of age movie it's like a fantasy franchise no (laughs) but of course all these men had probably never seen all of the other movies that were in the bracket because they were all female-led because Typically, like, teen coming-of-age, like, romance movies that would fit into that category are going to be more marketed towards women. So, obviously, they haven't seen the classics with Molly Ringwald, which, like, if you haven't seen... If you are telling me in a bracket that has 16 candles in it and (laughs) mean girls in it that you're going to pick Back to the Future? So, anyway, I don't work there anymore. But that's my rant. Also, you haven't seen every Kevin Smith thing Unless you have seen his Degrassi episodes. <laughs> actually going to say, and this came up this week, which I did appreciate in Clerks 3, the Degrassi theme song is featured in. So mad respect oh, for love that. that. I don't understand things. And it just annoys me that, yeah, when, I don't know. If you just, if you were to, you know, reverse it and it was about a woman or yeah. a woman like it would not be this cool cult movie that gained this following and whatever and I was like I just can't and again like I love my husband we have a lot of things in common we like a lot of the same things <laughs> but just certain movies he shows me and mm-hmm. it's like it's like it's a great movie from back in the day and I'm like yeah maybe if I was a 16 year old boy when I first watched right. it but I am a grown adult woman and I'm telling you this is not a good movie this is not a good movie this is not age well this is not good oh geez this episode is like 90 percent our own personal stories and like 10 percent the end of this lullaby but this lullaby was sarah you you just keep releasing bangers what can i say it's like one after the other bang 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 so good they're all fantastic and i promise on the truth about forever we will try to stay on topic more who am i kidding we probably won't we won't <laughs> welcome sure. to our show <laughs> welcome to our show this is hate center bait you get 90 percent weird personal rants and 20 percent iridescent content came for the iridescent stayed for the weird personal rants at least i what? hope that's how y'all feel i don't know maybe maybe you're just like please get back to, on the topic fingers crossed Those people i'm sorry but yeah I mean, what can I say? If you don't like it, just don't listen to us, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess that is all we have to say. 
Yeah. But for everyone who does like it, please tune in next week and we love all of you and I hope you have a great week. This was a very good one, as you mentioned. Yeah, I just feel like, okay, okay, if this entire episode was about me discussing this lullaby, it would seriously be such a broken record. So I just like, this line is so good and this line is so good. It honestly, yeah. it's just, it's very good. Like we said, Sarah just keeps, you know, absolutely smashing it, banger after banger. All, all bops, no skips, swear to God. So, <laughs> um, exactly. so since that is the case. Uh, we thank you, Sarah, for another great one, and we're excited to dive into the next one. So join us next week, and you can follow us on Instagram at Pod, and please join our Patreon so you can come chat with us on our Discord, which I'm behind on, actually. Same. Now that I said it, I'm going to go on the Discord so I can catch up, because there's been conversations, and I'm missing out on them. I was at Walmart the other day, and it started blowing up, and I was like, I'm going to look at that later, and then I forgot. And then I forgot, yeah. I'm a 31-year-old lady. <laughs> this is what I do sometimes. But I promise I will catch up on that. And please come join us and chat with us. We have a good time. Anything else to add, Michael Ann? We love you. <laughs> yeah, we have do. Have a great we week. You're doing, you're doing your best, and we're proud of you. Have a great mm-hmm. week. We'll, we'll talk to you all soon. Bye.